0: Just be ready for that. All right, well, I hope you found the book of Revelation. Um, would you please find chapter 1 and chapter 22? We're going to look at uh, a couple of passages as we uh, begin. So uh, today we're starting a series through the book of Revelation. Today is going to be sort of a, a little bit different than what we normally do. Today is going to be an overview sermon of the whole book of Revelation. And then starting next week, we'll go section by section all the way through the book. From the outset, though, I just want to let you know a couple of things about how I'm going to approach this study through the book of Revelation. First of all, just know, my goal for us is that we would hear the message of Revelation, the overarching message of Revelation. Revelation is a book that is filled with a lot of details. And every one of those details is breathed out by God and is valuable to us. But if we focus too much on the details, it's easy to miss the big picture of what Jesus is trying to communicate to us in this book. And so we're going to be going through Revelation in pretty big chunks, and we're going to look at important details, but my main goal is that we would see the big picture and hear the message of this book that Jesus wants to communicate to us. Second, just know... I am not going to be able to cover every possible interpretation of every passage of Revelation. I say that because there are several different approaches to Revelation. Many good, godly people who love the Bible come to different conclusions about how to fit all of the pieces of Revelation together. But if every time we open a passage of Revelation, I said, okay, here are the four different ways that people can interpret this, it would get really exhausting really quickly. And so just know uh, I'm going to do my best to just faithfully preach and interpret Revelation um, as faithfully as possible and show you from Scripture why I'm interpreting it that way. At the same time, um, I want you to know that there's many details about Revelation that we can actually disagree about and not be divided with one another. Uh, Some details we do have to agree on, okay? We have to agree that Jesus is literally coming back, all right? We have to agree that Jesus is going to judge the living and the dead. uh, But there's some details that we can disagree about and still be unified together as a church. We can disagree about how much of Revelation is about the past, how much of it is about the present, how much of it is about the future. Uh, We can disagree about whether Jesus is going to Return before the 1,000 years or after the 1,000 years. Uh, So if I say something and you don't agree with it, don't assume one of us must be a heretic, okay? Um, In fact, we can actually have a different understanding of some of the details and still hear the message of Revelation altogether, even as we see some of the details uh, differently. And so all that being said, Uh, Let's get to the message of Revelation, and and in order to get to it, I want to read a few verses from the first chapter and a few verses from the last chapter. And uh, since these words are breathed out by God and come with the authority of Jesus Christ himself, if you're able, would you please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. We're going to read Revelation 1, 1 through 3 to begin. The Holy Spirit says, The Revelation and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. Now turn with me to Revelation 22. I'm going to read verses 6 through 13. Revelation 22, verses 6 through 13. And he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants, what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book, worship God. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book for the time is near. Let the evildoers still do evil and the filthy still be filthy and the righteous still do right and the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. You may be seated. Imagine I handed to you an envelope that contained information about the future how would that information change your decisions in the present if that envelope contained the information that that company that your neighbor's starting in his garage would one day become worth 3 trillion dollars you would jump at the chance to invest in that business if you knew that you were going to meet the love of your life at Texas A&M you would stop filling out your application to Tarleton. If you were about to board the supposedly unsinkable ship, the Titanic, and you knew that it was going to hit an iceberg and sink, you would stay behind in Liverpool. Knowing the future makes our decisions in the present obvious. Well, in the book of Revelation, Jesus tells us the future. Jesus communicates the future to us so that the way we would live our lives in the present would be obvious. He shows us the future judgment of God against sin. So it would be obvious that we should repent of sin in the present. He shows us the evil of this world so that it would be obvious that we should not put our hope in this world. He shows us the future paradise that awaits the people of God, so that it would be obvious that we should stay faithful to Christ in the present, even when it's hard. In Revelation, Jesus shows us the future so that the way we ought to live in the present would be obvious. It's a shame, then, that so many people neglect the book of Revelation. The message of Revelation is important. And what is that message? Well, I want to show you my attempt to sum up the whole book of Revelation in one long sentence, okay? Here it is. Now, it's okay if you can't write all this down right now. We're going to be walking through this whole thing Today. So just listen, follow along. Here is the message of Revelation. Here's the whole thing that's going on in Revelation Jesus reveals to his churches God's sovereign plan of judgment and redemption, culminating in his second coming, so they would persevere in following him through this present evil world, enduring tribulation, resisting temptation, and bearing witness before the nations until the day God judges evil and Jesus leads them to victory and eternal life with him in the new creation. Now, again, we are going to spend our time this morning unpacking that summary. And so if it it seems like a lot, hopefully we'll be able to digest it together. But for now, here's a more medium-sized version of what that long sentence was saying. Jesus tells his churches what's about to happen so they would persevere in following him until the day he comes. But I'd really like to boil it down even more, okay? And this is the main thing. This is the main thing that I want you to hear today. Follow the lamb because he's coming soon. Follow the lamb because he's coming soon. In Revelation, King Jesus wants to help us persevere in this world as his followers, as we wait for his return. And if we're going to persevere in following the lamb, we must respond to revelation in three specific ways. My prayer is that these responses that we're going to talk about today, that we would take these responses to every passage of Revelation that we study. And, that, and every, t- every time we open up this book, that we would respond in these three ways. Three responses as we seek to follow the Lamb. First, hear the Lamb. Hear the Lamb. Now, uh, turn back with me to Revelation chapter 1. And as you do, let's look at that summary again. And I specifically want to highlight the first part. Jesus reveals to his churches God's sovereign plan of judgment and redemption culminating in his second coming. Okay, so let's break this down. First word, Jesus. In Revelation, Jesus is revealing Look at the very first sentence of Revelation 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. You might have noticed that phrase was repeated in Revelation 22, verse 6. He said to me, these words are trustworthy and true, and the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. Jesus commissioned John to write Revelation because Jesus had something he wanted to say. Jesus has something he wants to reveal to his servants. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a revelation from Jesus in these pages. The Lamb of God, Jesus, is speaking to us. So hear the Lamb. And the next word in that summary is reveals. In Revelation, Jesus is revealing. It is really important that we recognize the significance of the very first word of this book. The very first word is revelation. Revelation. This means we should expect revelation to reveal something to us. And that's important for a couple of reasons. First, it should make us a little less intimidated to study the book of Revelation. Don't think that what Jesus did with Revelation was take a bunch of good truth and then cover it up in a bunch of symbols and imagery. Uh, That is not what the book of Revelation is doing. Revelation is not truth concealed. Revelation is truth revealed jesus did not give us the book of revelation so that we would decode it he gave it to us so we would behold it it should make us a little less intimidated hopefully to study revelation to know that what jesus is trying to do is reveal truth to us The second reason that it's important to recognize Jesus wants to reveal something to us is because we need to let Jesus open our eyes to see what he wants to show us. In Revelation, Jesus reveals what is really going on in the world from a heavenly point of view. He pulls back the curtain to show us unseen forces at play behind seemingly ordinary events that we can see jesus wants to reveal something to us so hear the lamb so jesus specifically wants to reveal something to his churches in revelation 1 jesus tells john write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches And then in chapters 2 and 3, Jesus gives John a specific message for each of those seven churches, and all of them end with this phrase, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation is for the local church. It's for the local church. Don't think that Revelation is somehow irrelevant to our day-to-day life as a church. The seven churches who received Revelation faced real, practical, nitty-gritty issues. They needed to grow in love. They experienced suffering. They faced temptation to give in to worldliness. Faithful Christians needed to be encouraged to endure even as they were surrounded at times by lukewarm christians christians in sin needed to be rebuked and warned christians who were weak needed to be encouraged proud christians needed to be humbled. the whole book of revelation speaks directly and practically To these local churches in the various situations they found themselves in. And Revelation gives us a message to our specific situation as a church. So hear the Lamb. Looking at our summary again, what is it that Jesus wants to reveal to his churches? God's sovereign plan of judgment and redemption. Jesus wants us to know what God's plan for history is. Now, let me be clear, that does not mean that Jesus gives us detailed predictions about historical events. What Jesus shows us is a God who is on the throne, reigning over history. And he also reveals to us himself as the lamb who is worthy to unfold this plan of history because of his death and resurrection. In Revelation 5, John sees a scroll, which we find out contains God's sovereign plan for history, and there is only one who is worthy to open the scroll, and it's the Lamb of God, the resurrected Lord Jesus. In Revelation 5, 9, they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Jesus in Revelation shows us that what we see happening in the world around us is not random or meaningless. It is part of a sovereign plan of the God of history. We might experience persecution from the world. We might be tempted to compromise with the world. We might witness the brokenness of creation, but all of this difficulty is under the rule of the God who sits on the throne and the Lamb. As evil as the world is around us, God promises that evil will not ultimately triumph in his sovereign plan. As difficult as the tribulation is that we face as Christians in this world, Jesus promises he has overcome the world. As difficult as the brokenness of creation is, we experience the promise of revelation is that in God's sovereign plan, he will make all things new. This is what Jesus wants to reveal to his churches. So hear the lamb. And then ultimately, God's sovereign plan culminates in Jesus' second coming. Three times in Revelation 22, Jesus says, I am coming soon. I am coming soon. I am coming soon. Jesus wants his churches to hear his promise that he is coming back for us. The waiting is hard. The waiting involves suffering. The waiting involves failure on our part very often. But one day the waiting will be over and we will see our Savior face to face. Jesus is telling us, I am coming soon. So hear the lamb. We need to hear the lamb. Second response, we also need to hold on to the lamb. Hold on to the lamb. So let's look at that summary again. We're going to highlight the second part of the summary this time. Jesus reveals to his churches God's sovereign plan of judgment and redemption culminating in his second coming so they would persevere in following him through this present evil world, enduring tribulation, resisting temptation, and bearing witness before the nations. So let's break that down. First of all, Jesus reveals so that we would persevere in following him. So we would persevere in following him. As we read a couple of times, Jesus doesn't just want us to hear the words of this book. He wants us to keep the words of this book. He doesn't just want this to be information. He wants this to be action. And specifically, Jesus wants us to endure. He wants us to endure. One of John's favorite phrases is patient endurance patient endurance. And John repeats this exhortation to endure all throughout the book of Revelation. Uh, For instance, in Revelation 13, 10, we're going to hear this. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. And again, in Revelation 14, 12, here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus being disciples of Jesus, being followers of Jesus, is not a sprint. It is a marathon. It takes patient endurance. It is a, not just a one-time decision. It is a life of daily choosing to follow Jesus, even as we are pulled in all sorts of other directions. And Jesus wants to help us persevere in following him. So hold on to the lamb. We follow Jesus through this present evil world. In Revelation, Jesus reveals to us the unseen forces of evil that are working right now for which we need eyes to see. For example, Jesus says this to the church in Smyrna in Revelation 2.10. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have tribulation. Now, when we think about the work of the devil, the first thing that come, comes to mind might be demon possession or paranormal activity. But these Christians were about to experience the work of the devil in a seemingly ordinary way. Uh, Jesus is not saying to Smyrna that a guy with a little red tail and horns is going to waltz them into a prison cell. No, for them, the work of the devil was going to be a government putting them in prison. For them, it was going to be a pretty seemingly ordinary experience that they could see and hear and touch. But Jesus gives them revelation to show them there is more going on than what you can see. That there are unseen spiritual forces at work behind the experience that you can see and hear and touch. In Revelation, Jesus exposes the work of the devil. He reveals the playbook of the evil forces in this world. And he does this so that we would persevere in following him even as we walk through this present evil world. So hold on to the Lamb. As we follow Jesus through this present evil world, we will endure tribulation. In Revelation 1.9, John describes himself this way, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation, And the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. John himself was experiencing tribulation. He was being persecuted for following Jesus. And he wrote to churches who were being persecuted for following Jesus. Some even had church members who had been killed for the name of Christ. For example, he says this to the church in Pergamum in Revelation 2.13, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, yet you hold fast my name, and you did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. You know, one of the major themes of Revelation is this idea of conquering, and conquering, Sounds really great until you realize that Jesus' idea of conquering sounds like this in Revelation 12, 11. They have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. As Christians, we are followers of, of a lamb who was slain. That means the call to follow Christ is a call not to love our lives, even unto death. But we endure tribulation knowing that Jesus has made promises like what he told the church in Smyrna in Revelation 2.10, be faithful unto death And I will give you the crown of life. To live in this world is to endure opposition from those who do not follow Christ. But as Paul says in 2 Timothy 2.12, if we endure, we will also reign with him. So hold on to the lamb. Following the Lamb in this evil world will not only require that we endure tribulation, following the Lamb also means we're going to have to resist temptation. John wrote to Christians facing the same kind of temptations that we face today. He wrote to Christians tempted to compromise their integrity in order to get uh, get ahead in their careers. He wrote to Christians tempted by a culture where sexual sin was celebrated. He wrote to Christians tempted to treasure other things more than Christ. He wrote to Christians who were so against the world that they were tempted to abandon love altogether. And he wrote to Christians who were so affluent that they were tempted to forget their need for Christ. But in Revelation, Jesus reminds us that the judgment of God is coming upon this sin that we are tempted toward. And to chase after sin is to chase after the wrath of God. In Revelation 18, the seduction of the sinful world is portrayed as the prostitute Babylon. In Revelation 18, 4 and 5, John says, Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. For her sins are heaped high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Persevering in following the Lamb is hard when the world is persecuting you, But it is just as hard when the world is seducing you. Jesus gave us revelation to help us say no to the allure of the world. So hold on to the Lamb. But following the Lamb in this present evil world isn't just about hunkering down and enduring tribulation and resisting temptation. It's also about bearing witness before the nations. One of the frequently used terms in Revelation is witness or testimony. Part of what it means to be a Christian is to tell other people about Jesus. In Revelation 6, 9, John sees this. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. Uh, a moment ago, we read Revelation twelve eleven, where John tells us about Christians who have conquered the devil by the blood of the land and by the word of their testimony. Christians are those who are marked by testifying about the gospel. Throughout Revelation, Jesus shows us his heart to see those who dwell on the earth come to know him. For example, Revelation 14, 6 and 7, John says, Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people, and he said with a loud voice, "'Fear God and give him glory, "'because the hour of his judgment has come, "'and worship him who made heaven and earth, "'the sea and the springs of water.'" Revelation even ends with an evangelistic message in Revelation twenty two seventeen. "'The spirit and the bride say, "'Come, and let the one who hears say, "'Come, and let the one who is thirsty come. "'Let the one who desires take the water of life "'without price.'" The Holy Spirit empowers the church, the bride of Christ, to invite a lost and dying world to come to Jesus. Revelation reminds us that it is imperative that we bear witness to the world. We tell a world heading toward judgment to come and repent. We tell a world that needs a Savior to come and be forgiven. We tell the world that thirsts for God to come and drink the water of life and never thirst again. We tell the world to come so that more people from all over the world and every nation may be spared God's wrath and receive salvation and enjoy paradise in the presence of God forever. But as we were reminded in Matthew 28 last week, we can't do that Unless Jesus is with us. So hold on to the lamb. If we're going to follow the lamb, we need to hear the lamb. We need to hold on to the lamb. And finally, we need to hope in the lamb. Hope in the lamb. Let's look at the last part of this summary Jesus reveals to his churches God's sovereign plan of judgment and redemption culminating in his second coming so they would persevere in following him through this present evil world, enduring tribulation, resisting temptation, and bearing witness before the nations until the day God judges evil and Jesus leads them to victory and eternal life with him in the new creation. Okay, so let's break this down. As we follow the Lamb Through this present evil world, we look forward to the day God judges evil once and for all. In Revelation, Jesus reminds us that evil will not ultimately triumph. He will right every wrong. He will bring every evil to justice. The day of God's final wrath will be a horrifying day for those who do not trust Christ. In Revelation 6, verses 15 through 17, John saw this. Then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us, from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? But for those who have trusted in Jesus to save us from our sins, that day will be a day of celebrating God's righteousness triumphing over evil. Right before John saw another vision of God's final wrath, he heard saints in heaven sing like Israel did the day that the Egyptians were drowned in the Red Sea. Revelation 15, 3 and 4. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. As we walk through this world corrupted by evil, Revelation reminds us that our King is coming back to right Every wrong. In Revelation 19, John sees Jesus coming to earth on a white horse with the armies of heaven. And he says this in verse 15. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. Jesus will come back to bring righteousness and justice to the world so hope in the lamb on the day jesus returns not only will evil be judged but also jesus will lead us to victory again all throughout revelation is the call to persevere and to conquer and we persevere now because jesus promises that we will ultimately conquer through him In Revelation 20, John sees the final battle between good and evil. Satan gets all of the nations that he has deceived together. He assembles them for battle. But then John sees this in verses 9 and 10. And they marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were. And they will be tormented day and night, forever and ever. Spoiler alert, the final battle will be no battle at all. Jesus is just going to win in an instant. This is our future if we follow the Lamb. This is our victory if we are with Jesus. As hard as the present is, as hostile as the world is, as tempting as sin is, if we follow the Lamb, He will lead us to victory over evil so hope in the lamb we long for that day that day of judgments and victory because on the other side of that day is eternal life with jesus in the new creation in the closing chapters of Revelation, Jesus shows John a vision of the new heaven and the new earth. Those who follow the lamb through this evil world get to follow the lamb into paradise. Turn with me, if you would, to Revelation 22. As Jesus shows John this final state, John sees The New Jerusalem, a a holy city where God will dwell with his people forever. Uh, John doesn't see a temple because the whole thing is the temple. God is present everywhere. Uh, Jesus shows John this city, and it's a garden city. It's modeled after the Garden of Eden. Only the New Jerusalem is better than Eden because in this New Eden There is no tree of the knowledge of good and evil to tempt us. There is only the tree of life. And in this new Eden, the serpent can't come in because he is burning in the lake of fire day and night forever and ever. Look with me at Revelation 22, 1 through 5. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal His face and his name will be on their foreheads and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. If we follow the lamb into the new creation, we will follow him into abundant life. A life free from sin and death. A life free from sorrow and pain. He will provide for our needs. We will dwell in his presence. And we will worship him forever and ever. So hope in the land. Ignoring the message of Revelation is more foolish than taking an envelope with the future inside and throwing it away without looking at it. Jesus wants to show us something. Jesus wants to show us something so we will follow him. Because he is coming soon. Jesus wants to reveal to us important truths that will fundamentally change how we live in this world. So hear the Lamb. Jesus wants to reveal to us that the pleasure of sin isn't worth the cost of judgment. And that persevering in following him is worth the cost of temporary suffering. So hold on to the Lamb. Jesus wants to reveal to us that he will right every wrong and he will bring his people into eternal, abundant life with him forever. So hope in the Lamb. Follow the Lamb because he is coming soon. Revelation twenty two twenty. He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you gave to your son a revelation for his servants. Lord, I thank you for the blessing that you promise to the one who reads this, the ones who hear Hear and keep these words. And Lord, I pray that we would both hear and keep the words of this book. You give it to us for our good. You give it to us to fuel our faith, to fuel our perseverance, to fuel our endurance, to fuel our mission in this world for the sake of your glory among the nations. And so, Lord, I pray that we would hear, that we would hold on to Jesus, and that we would hope in him all the way to the day that we follow him into the new creation. Lord, would our eyes be fixed on Jesus as we seek to follow the lamb coming soon. It's in his name we pray. Amen.